0: G'day, good evening, and welcome back wherever you are to yet another episode of Range Anxiety. I'm your host, Martin Donnan, and I'm bringing you 30 years of automotive tuning experience in 30 minutes, once or twice a week, and I'm glad that everyone is enjoying it. How do I know that they're enjoying it? Because they're sending me their feedback to my email address for the show, which is D-T-E-C-H at S-E-N-E-T A-U. That's D-T-E-C-H at S-E-N-E-T A-U. Now, I wasn't planning to do this this evening. It's Friday in Adelaide, and I've just knocked off work, and I'm a couple of Sav Blancs in. Wonderful wine regions here in South Australia. Make sure you check them out. And a big shout-out to my non-sponsor, but I want him to be a sponsor, Zarella Wines down in McLaren Vale. Wonderful product. Great stuff. And Jim, throw some cash this way and you can be a regular on the podcast every week. Now, today's topic. hope you all enjoyed Clown Show. I mean, Clown Show was, I think, a pretty cool thing because in the early days, the Ford Tuners were the clowns. Now, however, it looks as though I'm the clown. Why am I the clown? Well, anyone that knows me well would, would be able to list... Maybe 10 pages of clown reasons for Martin Donnan. However, mainly on the clown now because I spruik on about EVs the whole time. I like EVs. I've been through this many times already on the podcast series, but I like them so fast. Now, some of you may remember, uh, regular listeners will, will know really well, my good friend and workmate, Gareth Norton. He's, he's been on the cast already a couple of times. He's quite a pragmatic guy, quite, you know, quite a dry sense of humour. Very good with his hands. You know, I've taught him everything he knows and he's also got a lot of skills that I don't have as well. So he's quite the weapon, not just when it comes to a pizza box, but on a card, there's probably nobody better on a GDR or pulling a Lambo apart in Australia, a late model one anyway, than Gareth. Very, very good. But he gets frustrated. He gets frustrated by me, something terrible. That's nothing unusual. If you've listened to Wifey, you would know she gets frustrated with <laughs> Me as well, Lisa Donnan. I mean, it's only natural. I can be quite a frustrating person to deal with from time to time. However, one of the things I do when I turn up to one of my businesses, Powertech Tuning, in the morning in, in Adelaide in South Australia is we have Tesla chargers there for the Tesla, the level two chargers that were wired into the wall. And the first thing I do is I go, don't plug the car in and I walk away. Now it depends which one I'm driving because there's two I'll normally drive. There'll be uh, the Model 3 3 Performance, the the dual motor big banger, the 11 second quarter Maestro, or there will be the standard range plus. Which is still well fast, and, and in some ways is my favourite car. Because it's the purest example of a Tesla, in my opinion. So I will plug whichever one I'm driving in now. My um, standard range, I've got it scheduled to turn the charger on it and have the car ready to go by 5pm. You know, so it'll work out how much it needs to do, and it will get the cabin to the right temperature and have the the battery all ready for me. So I just walk up, boom, unplug it. And it frustrates the hell out of Gareth that I juggle cars and car positions around in the morning to do that. Now, the fact that at Powertech Tuning, we have a fleet of about, oh, John Munro, you're you're a crazy man. And same to you, Daniel Munro, and you too, Dave. We've got a fleet of about 30 demo cars. So there's always things that need to be moved around. You know, your cars need to be shifted here, put there, lined up for photos, put on the dyno, and I juggle with the electric cars as well to get to the charge point. So Gareth's come up to me and he goes, Martin, you know what I don't like about Teslas? And I said, well, what's that, Gareth? I mean, you, you've been in them, you've driven them, you've worked on them, you've pulled them apart probably more than anybody in Australia. What, what's not to like? He goes, the owners. I'm going, what do you mean? He goes, I'm sick of the way you're going to come in and just put this thing on charge and juggle it around and plug a cable into it every morning. Are these cars that useless that you have to do this every day or you're walking home? I mean, he's garrisoned many good cars, but his banger that he drives to work in is a, a V6 Vitara Suzuki. And he goes, I fill that up once every two weeks. What are you doing? Why, why would I want to spend, you know the equivalent of more than 10, 20 times one of those on an electric car when you're tied to this cable that you're constantly plugging into it. Is there something wrong with you or is is there something wrong with the car? And I said, oh, Gareth, shut up. This is just what I do. Just go do some work, will you? You know, I found it quite affronting. So he's come back to me later in the day and he said, I'm gonna issue you a challenge, Martin. I'm going, all right, Gareth, what's the challenge? He goes, you're not gonna charge for a week. And if you do, I'm going to put it on the internet that we did this deal and you're basically one of these bad owners and you're setting a bad example for the whole EV thing by being a range anxiety. Do you like that? Range anxiety. Range anxiety freak. Okay, cool. So the rules of the game were I was allowed to charge to any capacity I wanted on Monday afternoon in the SR standard range, Model 3 Plus, which has the smallest battery that Tesla make. I think uh, currently, I think it's like a 58 or 60 watt uh, kilowatt hour battery. And I had to drive it in the commute and do whatever else I had to do with it. And I wasn't allowed to put it back on charge till Friday morning, this morning. Now, Garrett knew the, K, the sort of miles or Ks that I do. And he knew that the car was probably going to make it but as he pointed out, the owners of the problem, he didn't think I was going to make it. So the rules were quite clear. I had to park the blue SR Plus Model 3 away from the charger, nowhere near a charger. I wasn't allowed to charge it. If I plugged a charge port into it or a cable into it, done. If he saw the charge port open, done. He, However, he didn't know that I could have plugged the trickle charger in at home and got a few percent overnight, but I chose not to do it because I was quite interested interested to see if I could last the distance as much as the car could. So it started. Now, the problem was I scheduled the charge on Monday afternoon and the car was quite low and I got it you know low, it was about 85% or something and I set it to 100%. However, I had to leave in a bit of a hurry and the car hadn't completed charging. Now, the last 10% of any EV is really slow. The first first 10% slow, the last 10% slow, the bit in the middle goes flat out. So I left at 98%. And I said, Gareth, I didn't get it full. And he goes, ha ha, this is going to be fun then. (laughs) Yeah, you beauty. So I left and I drove. Now, I know how much percent of battery life I use. I drive about... uh, the, oh, 27 kilometers or about 18 miles in each direction a day. I'm gonna get really messed up with these um, imperial corrections for my American listeners, but I drive about 80 miles each direction and the weather here is is quite warmish at the moment. It's not the middle of winter anymore and, and your cold cold weather does affect batteries. That does affect range just like it does in a gasoline or petrol car because they enrich because of cold temperatures batteries aren't as efficient in cold temperatures. So I knew how much I was gonna use and I'd already worked out in my head that I was gonna finish this challenge with about 41 or 42% battery capacity remaining and it was gonna be easy. But Gareth was kind of right. Because what I did is I thought, hmm, i have got to make this look better than it is. So I got in the car and I set it up while I was charging. And I put it into what they call chill mode, which is a low-power echo mode where the throttle is nowhere near as responsive. There's not as much power on offer. So I lot the car in chill mode to conserve power. I also wound the climate control up a couple of degrees C. You know, even though it was reasonably warm, I still wanted the least climate control intervention. I did all of these things. This is a mental defect. You shouldn't be doing this. I was going to shit this competition in anyway. I was going to win by miles. All I had to do was be myself. But it was hard, right? So I drove home the first night and I monitored the battery. And then I thought, that's okay. We're going to do this easily. And I drove back to work the next morning. Normally, I'll go and see my mate Bobo for a coffee in the morning. Phil, if you're listening, this is why you haven't seen me this week. I've been trying to conserve charge. That puts about an extra five miles on the trip. I thought, I'm not going to do this. In the end, it turned out it didn't matter. But you see, the whole thing, the range anxiety, it screwed my head. How stupid is this? Uh, It sounds actually stupid as I'm saying it. And I realise how stupid I look when I'm doing it now. So I got it there and to and from work and I'm thinking, oh, no one knows the story. So then I started posting pictures of the battery charge on Facebook going, look at this, look at this, I'm doing this easy. Gareth can eat his hat, you know, you can eat his words, ha, 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 ha. But the fact that I had to do that, is there something wrong with me? No, it seems to be common all over EV sites, all over the world. It's addictive, range anxiety is a problem, unless it's a podcast, then it's the very best podcast in the entire world. So I kept on posting pictures on Facebook and saying, Garrett Norton, you're done for. And, you know, it was actually quite pure. It was quite an immature thing to be doing, but I had to do it for my own sake. I had to plug my car away from the charger, the charger's there. I couldn't use it. Now, about Wednesday, as the charge was starting to come down, the sun was coming out. And the sun, the glorious sun. Now, we have a solar system and a battery system courtesy of Powertech Energy. Not part of Powertech Tuning, but same ownership base. It's one of the group of companies. We have a solar system and a battery storage system that would blow your mind. It is industrial grade. And in fact, that's what PowerTech Energy do with these things. Now the sun is out. My car's away from the charger. My hands were starting to shake. I wanted to plug it in because that's when God is giving us free energy. The sun is up there. It's charging. The batteries are full. It's being discarded to the grid at a lower rate. Let's just grab some of this free power. And I couldn't. And Gareth's going, you do. I'm gonna photograph you. He's busy actually working. I'm busy with the shakes. Oh, it was like a, I was like a sniffer dog at the airport. With nothing to sniff, I needed it, and I needed it all, and I needed it now. It's Gareth going, I'll take photos, I'll post them on the internet, you're gonna be stuffed here. So then I did the next best thing I thought I could do, because the Model 3 SR Plus was the one we were using for the experiment. But we got two other Teslas sitting there for various development purposes as well, the Model S Raven was looking a bit hungry. So I thought, oh, oh, I'll just run the charge cord past this bad boy and just press a button. And guess what? Boom, the charge flap opened up like a hungry little baby bird in the nest. Its mouth was open and I plugged the charge cable in and it was bliss. And Garrett's gone, what are you doing? I said, no charging. I said, hang on. No charging of the car in the experiment, but I need my fix. So unfortunately, I'd already charged that one the week before and it hadn't hadn't moved, hadn't done anything, so it took eight minutes. Damn. What's next? All the Model 3 performance was outside, so I got in it. I switched over on my phone app. Those of you that know Teslas will know that you link your um cars to your phone, and it was currently linked to the car in the test. So I had to go into the Tesla app, swipe the next car, it's a bit like. Car tinder, had to swipe the next car and grab the, the the gray performance and reverse set up the charger and I plugged that in. Now that had been left with about 5% down. So that took all of about 15 minutes. And then I unclicked that one. The sun was still out and I'm thinking, I need this, I need this. Nope, I'm gonna go and do some work. So for a rare patch of time there, I actually went and did some normal car work. Fantastic. And then the range started to get below 60 and I'm thinking, hmm, don't like this. I've never seen it that low because normally I just plug in every day and, and pull it out full at 90%. You only ever fill these things to 90, filling them to 100, just like with your phone, is not a good idea. Running them to zero is not a good idea. You gotta keep them in the happy spot for the batteries and then the batteries essentially will last longer than the rest of the car, which is, Kind of a cool thing about modern battery technology. So I'm thinking, I've never seen it down at 60. And then it went down to, you know, mid 50s. And I'm thinking, I'm laying in bed at night and I'm doing the sums in my head. Martin, you're going to finish with at least 40%. Who cares? Why are you even wasting thought on this? You're stupid. But I did. I couldn't help it. It's just one of the things that we do as EV owners. So kids, you know, they're like hopeless eternals and don't be one yourself, but you're all going to be one one day. So you might as well listen to this and listen well. So it started to get a bit stressful for me. Then I calculated and I put a post on Facebook that maybe by the end of this challenge, I had three round trips to go, or sorry, three actual trips to go, not round trips. And I've worked out my percentage use per kilometer and I worked it out and I thought I was going to finish with about 42%. But then, this is so bad, I turned it off chill mode because I thought I'm going to do this so easy. Who cares? And I told Gareth, I'm going to do this so easy. Get back in your box, boy. Go do some work. I've won this by a mile. And he goes, yeah, but you cheated. Look at what have I done? I haven't plugged in. He goes, yeah, but... You were supposed to be like normal. I said you could charge it fully before you left, but you only charged a 90 and you were trying to charge to 100. Is there something wrong with you? I only got 98, by the way, as, as I said earlier. I said, no, but this, you know just what I do when there's a challenge. He goes, no, this, there again, is the problem. The problem with you people, you Tesla owners, you're nuts. No, 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 I'm not. So I got it down and on the very last trip, I didn't want to look like a fool on Facebook for for once. I actually decided to coast the car a bit more. I didn't put it in chill mode, I just didn't use any throttle because that's all chill mode really does is control your throttle input. You you know, the the tap for the power, just like in a gasoline, um, dirty, stinking, smelly, horrible car. Um, And I got to work with 47% remaining. So I did all of these miles, I did like, uh, sorry, I I can't convert to Imperial right now for my American listeners, but um, the thing has got like a 410 or 420 kilometer range. I did like 230 kilometers and I had 47% remaining. It was absolutely textbook. I did a really good job of being really soft on it. But on the way to work, I did the worst thing on the final trip. I pushed the check for software updates button and boom, there's a new update, going to improve efficiency, do this, do that. We've got a pin number for the glove box lock or something stupid like that in there and improve the autopilot, which is what I really love. If you listen to the autopilot epicast, epicast. epicast. Now there's a word, this is an epicast. And you know how much Lisa likes um, autopilot you can hear the screaming probably still so i got to work and there's a software update and Gareth's going, okay well let's see how far you can go and I've gone no no I want to take the fast one home for the weekend you know in case I get a, a mad rush of blood and want to go for a more spirited drive at the speed limit somewhere and he goes all right we'll leave the blue one here leave the standard range plus here and uh We'll resume the test next week and we'll see how far you can go. I said, but Gareth, I've got a software update and that uses power. And sometimes it even asks you to be plugged in for it. Come on, Gareth, let me do it. And he goes, nope, there's a problem with you people again. You could go till next Thursday, probably, but you don't want to because you're like a junkie when you've got this thing in your hand. And you know what? I beat him fair and square in a test. I smashed him and, you know, he secretly admires the hell out of these cars. But he kind of won the principle of the test, which was the mental weakness of the owners and getting free electricity whenever they can. And that's me all over. So, yeah, there's a lot of maturing to do for not only the industry and the cars, but also the owners. And I had it out with a good old mate of mine. Any of you that have listened to Lance a lot, one of his good mates, John Fry, that's of about the same vintage, He just bought a new Kia Stinger, Madman, you know, good on him. And he's saying, you know, I can't drive it from, uh, I can't drive an EV from Adelaide to Melbourne, which is about 500 miles, 700 and something Ks, and high 700 Ks, I think. And uh, it's equivalent of driving from probably LA to, well, it's, it's probably well past about three lots of Vegas away. And he goes, I can't do it without charging and I looked on the net and it takes eight hours to charge like a model three and I can't afford to these hotel rooms and I can't afford all of the drinks and food and everything I just want to drive through these places. And there's a problem is that the entire media and industry aren't full of people as analytical as Gareth who understands how the cars work and just knows the owners are a bit on the spectrum. It's actually full of false information because you can charge a Model 3 from full to empty in about, especially a standard range with a small battery or at least a usable range of 90% in about 15, 20 minutes on a supercharger or on a slow charger, a level two. Like We have a PowerTech tuning because we simply don't have the infrastructure or the $300,000 need to put a supercharger in in about an hour, an hour, you know, an hour and a half. And when you're working all day, who cares about an hour and a half? The thing sits out plugged in. So there is so much misinformation that I hope this cast gave you some sort of real world test and real world number of what you can expect. No, you won't drive around Australia and you won't drive East Coast to West Coast in the US without experiencing some uh, charging difficulties, should we say. However, the gap is narrowing now so fast and the number of fast supercharger stations that are out there are coming up and up and up so fast. And with Tesla having after the Q3 results, something like $15 billion free cash in the bank, you can guarantee that all of these charging stations that are rapid and fast, and by the time you've had a coffee, your car's ready to go, boom, for another, you know, four or 500 kilometers, you can guarantee that, This argument is, you can look back on this if the internet holds things forever like allegedly it does. You look back on this podcast, what is it, an epicast, in uh, 10 years' time and go, have a look at what these clowns were talking about. This should be the real clown show. But it's coming and it's here. And when trucks, heavy trucks, big class semi-trailer trucks... I've got four superchargers at once at 300 kilowatts an hour plugged into them and can refuel for you know 700 miles range fully loaded in the time or less than the time it takes to load the truck to go again. You know that the world has changed. And oh yeah, wait for BMW, Porsche, Audi, Volkswagen you know, to come and blow this poor little Silicon Valley startup at Tesla out the water. Ain't gonna happen. Say so simply don't have the charging infrastructure. And the fanboys can talk about their interiors and their stitching and their Alcantara and all of this pointless crap that exists in cars as much as they want. For any of these things to be successful, they need infrastructure. And the infrastructure is a charging network. And where I sit in Adelaide, South Australia, is probably the worst place in the world outside of Zimbabwe for Tesla charging infrastructure, but it's still pretty darn good. So for those of you that live in the US, it's not even something to think about. You just press a button on the car and say, take me to the nearest supercharger that's empty and bang, boom, does it. And fills you, in some cases for free. In, my case, in most cases, for next to free. So we're gonna get into a couple of really cool episodes coming up. Um, one that features a, a late mate of mine, some of you that, are, that have read Some of my ramblings in magazines over the years would have heard of a Delco man. We're going to cover him. And we're going to cover the reason why engine conversions now, they're more popular than ever in old school cars, are more shit than they ever were because it is so boring now and it's so stupid that it almost makes me faint looking at this crap when it comes up on my Facebook feed every day. So stay tuned. Thank you for listening to Range Anxiety and there will be a new episode soon.